Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and today I am really excited to be here with Rachel Ridge. Rachel is an author, she's a speaker, and most recently she has authored the book, The Donkey Principle, The Secret to Long Haul Living in a Racehorse World. And this is such a great message. I just, I can't wait to get into it. Rachel, thank you for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. Well, before we get into our actual conversation about the book, um, we like to ask all of our guests what your favorite prayer closet is. Where do you like to go? Just in air quotes, where where do you like to go to feel close to God? Well, um, well, I I don't really have a prayer closet, but I I feel closest to God when I'm outside in nature. Um, that's just always been my go-to place when I really want to pray or just feel, um, close to the Lord. So I have a wooden swing out in my front yard and I love to just go with a cup of coffee and sit in my little swing and sway back and forth and listen to the bird song and the breeze and the leaves. And, um, that's my prayer closet. I love it. And so many people tell us that there's this real connection between being out in nature and feeling close to God. I think it's kind of a relief just with all the technology we have in front of us all the time to be out in nature because it's not something that comes naturally right now in the busyness and, you know, the screen based worlds we're increasingly finding ourselves in. So. Well, I want you, before we talk about the book, um, your donkeys, Flash and Henry, were kind of unlikely inspirations for you becoming an author. I would love to hear the story in your own words about how that came to be, because I personally, I actually graduated from Virginia Tech with a degree in animal science, and so okay. I I love animals, I love livestock, and it's just, um, I Jesus talks about, I mean, his parables and the imagery we see in scripture, like there's just so much that's related to animal husbandry and agriculture. And so I just feel like there's a very special, there's, there's a very special, um, there are special lessons to be learned through (laughs) working with animals. So can you share your story? Oh, absolutely. Well, this is a for me, a very unexpected journey. Um, I wouldn't have thought that I would write books with a an animal theme or a donkey theme. <laughs> but um, 
I, I think that God is in the business of surprises. And um, this is just one of those fun, um, unexpected uh, surprises that has happened along the way. Um, several years ago, my uh, family and I moved out to what we consider the country outside of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And my husband and I had an art business. We um, painted murals and did surface design in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And um, we were just following our dreams. We were just, uh, we had our family and our paintbrushes and felt like we were doing that thing that we were designed to do um, until the, the Great Recession of 2008 happened and suddenly everything in the whole housing market and industry just tanked and we just we found ourselves with our business floundering and um you know more month at the end of the money <laughs> um one night we were coming home from a from a project really really in a state of despair and uh depression with just realizing that we were not going to be able to make it that month and I was just remember pulling into our long dirt driveway out there in the country in Texas. And suddenly my husband hit the brakes and our, our old explorer came to a stop and, you know, dust is flying. And there in the headlights is, is this straight donkey <laughs> just right in the middle of our driveway. And we stared at this donkey and this donkey stared at us. And we were like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> And um, just to make a long story short, we ended up um, pushing, pulling, dragging, bribing, trying to get this donkey, you know, rescue this donkey and and put it into our pasture for overnight. And um, that overnight stay became a permanent, uh, a, he became a permanent member of our family. And, um, and it, it's just amazing how... Um, just in the moment before we hit the brakes and saw that donkey, I had just prayed one of those prayers. That's just, um, it's a, a prayer that's just like this. Oh God, please. No, please do something. Yeah. I needed a miracle. I needed some kind of intervention, uh, something I was thinking my, in my mind, I was thinking I, I wanted the publishers clearinghouse people to show up, you the know, with a check yeah. <laughs> $5,000 a week for the rest of my life, you know, yeah. not a buck tooth, long eared, loud braying donkey was not the miracle that I was, uh, asking for in that moment. But, but that donkey really turned out to be my own, personal object lesson in the pasture. And there were so many lessons to be learned, so many adventures to be had with this crazy interruption in my life. And, um, and it really became a catalyst for personal growth, for spiritual growth, for seeking the Lord in in new ways. It brought me outside <laughs> into those open spaces to, to really open my heart to, um, God's direction and, and, uh, stepping fully into my purpose in life. So that in a nutshell is how that first donkey happened. And, um, yeah, I started writing about that and <laughs> my life just took an unexpected turn from that point. That is great. 
Well, can you just give us, um, just tell us what the donkey principle is? It's an actual principle. And I know there are <laughs> lots of lessons to learn from donkeys and you've written in previous books and in this book, lots of lessons, but what is the donkey principle and how does it apply to us? Well, the donkey principle is, um, it's really a metaphor for um, personal growth and change. Um, I call it, um, the donkey principle is, when you embrace your, and I'm put this in air quotes, you can't see me, your inner donkey, <laughs> you'll find and flourish in the meaningful work that you were created to do. And what I mean by, I don't want your listeners to be weirded out by inner donkey. What it, That's just a metaphor for that, that um, person, that side of you that has grit and determination that is willing to serve, that is willing to um, dig deep and serve in the ways that you are uniquely created to do. Um, the subtitle of the, of the book, uh, The Donkey Principle, is um, the, uh, the Secret to Long Haul Living in a Racehorse World. And for me, that, that really captures this kind of world that we're living in that celebrates the flashy and the shiny and the winners and those that make it to the winner's circle. And, um, and so many times I think there are a lot of us that feel like we're trying to compete on that racetrack of competition, but we feel like a donkey in a racehorse world. We feel like we're shabby and slow and that we have nothing to contribute, that we don't have a, a way to serve. We're not, you know, we're not out there getting all the glory and, um, and what this book is, is really a reminder that actually <laughs> donkeys are important. Donkeys do the work of the world. We, prov the, we are able to dig deep and, and serve in ways that resources cannot serve. We're, we're really made for a gold mine, not gold medals that someone else confers on us, but, um, finding the gold that is already in our own lives that we can um, discover that we can mine it, we can bring it to the world uh, and offer it as, as a gift. I love that. I like that metaphor of the, like finding your own gold instead of someone handing it to you because you worked for it, you know? And <laughs> I mean, I just feel like there's an element of not being ashamed in the donkey principle. It's kind of like, you know, a, like a donkey isn't a people pleaser. <laughs> I don't know that a racehorse right. is either, but, um, but, but a donkey, you know, I, I just think of you coming to that screeching halt and then just you describing having to work toward getting it where it needs to go. And, but, but there's just an element of self-awareness and unashamed, like, I know what my job is. I know what my purpose is. And I feel like when, when we, allow ourselves to, to walk in God's purposes for us. We have that kind of freedom, not to be running ourselves ragged all the time. And, um, you know, it's the getting there and the details that are sometimes difficult to figure out. But I like that idea of not being ashamed of saying no and not being ashamed of slowing down. And, and I think our hearts long for that stillness. I know mine does. And, you know, when you came to that screeching halt, I'm sure there was like metaphorically, you were looking for that kind of stillness and the ability to just stop and rest and be still and, you know, know that God was there and, and wait for the next step to unfold instead of rushing forward. But, um, so 
I, I'm interested, like the first, the first section of this book is called give yourself permission. So what are the things that we need to probably allow ourselves the, the permission to do? Oh, there, I th- I think that there's so many um, many things. I I think a lot of times we are waiting for somebody else to give us permission to pursue our secret dream or goal or wish. That, um, we're waiting for a green light or for somebody to recognize a gift in us. Say you should really go for it. And, and really, um, at the, the very first key to any kind of, I think, personal growth or even spiritual transformation is to give yourself the permission to open your own gate and say yes to that thing. So for me, what that looked like was, um, many years ago saying yes to pursuing a small hobby of painting. What, you know, one year I was short on cash and wanted to give Christmas gifts. And so I, I had, um, signed up for a little craft painting class in my local hobby store and, um, fell in love with painting. Now, many years before that, when I was a freshman in high school, I had a, a, an art teacher that, um, told me in no uncertain terms that I should drop his class because I had no artistic talent. And I was crushed as a, you know, 14, 15 year old, Mm. uh, and because someone had closed a gate for me, someone closed that door. Um, and I never felt I had the permission to, to be creative and to do, um, something that I, I thought maybe I might enjoy. So it took me until I was in my mid thirties to, um, I was just really trying to solve a Christmas problem. <laughs> you know, I really wasn't looking for, oh, this is going to be the, um, an actual career, but giving myself permission to do something that I thought I might enjoy, to experiment, to play, to offer those gifts to other people. That became the first step in, in something that became a 20 year career as an artist and a muralist, a way to provide for my family, um, a way to meet amazing people. And, um, and even though I wasn't out there like sharing the gospel, um, you know, on the job site, uh, I every day felt that I was walking in uh, what God had created me to do and um, and be and uh, how to operate in the world and how to make the world more beautiful. Um, but it all starts with giving yourself that permission. And sometimes I think we we think that we need permission to do the really big things Um and our lives are so full that we we don't even give ourselves permission to to have fun or pursue a hobby or um, start a podcast or write a blog or um, bake a cake or sign up for a French cuisine class. Those things that that spark something within us, but we think, well, it's probably a waste of time. We, we talk ourselves out of it. I don't really don't have time. I don't have the money. What's, what's the return on my investment, you know, but really when we give ourselves permission to do, to step out and do something like that, you never know what God can do with it. That could end up being something that, um, maybe just puts you in the path of other people, um, puts you in new situations, um, maybe even sparks a new career or a vocation or a way of serving other people. 
So giving yourself permission is, is really the first step toward any kind of growth in the book. I've kind of focused it down to giving yourself permission to, um, just ask questions and live with curiosity and, um, inquisitiveness and to, uh, let yourself, um, go on a journey, <laughs> whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. Do you think that there's an element? I, I loved what you said about you're not necessarily out sharing the gospel every day, but what you were doing was an act of worship and it was an act of obedience to God by glorifying him. I mean, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I mean, doing the thing that God designed you for, one of the things was bringing glory to him and it was being obedient and it was an act of worship that that spilled over and had kingdom value. Do you think there's an element of guilt that people feel in pursuing their passions and the things that they enjoy doing, especially as Christians? Um, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, we, uh, maybe there's just kind of an old fashioned, um, to me, it's like the mid Midwestern values of, you know, you just work hard and you kind of put your shoulder to the wheel. And, you know, that's, that is important in life to be sure. But I also believe that, um, when you have, when it's within your power to do it, and we all have, we have seasons of life, sometimes from morning until night, there isn't a moment to spare toward pursuing your passion or finding what kind of sparks you. I get that. I've been in that season many times where you just have to kind of put your interests on a shelf, but there may be, there may come a time and a day in which you just, you give yourself the permission to explore what is it that I'm interested in and, and maybe even explore the reasons why you're, why you're interested in, in that thing. Um, maybe there's a story or an incident in your past. Maybe it's a pain point that you haven't addressed that, that maybe something like pursuing art or music or, um, serving in a, um, soup kitchen, what, whatever that thing is, um, there, it strikes a chord that resonates within you. And I, I think that it's important if you can to, to follow that thread and see where it leads you. I think there's a lot of blessing that can come. And that that's what I talk about in the donkey principle is just is finding your unique strengths, tapping into your unique story. And um, when those things come together, some really amazing and powerful things can happen in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just, I, I love that idea of giving yourself permission, not waiting for someone else. Cause I know I, I go through life constantly waiting for permission. I, I still feel like I'm 10 years old. You know, I need, <laughs> I have these, you know, parameters that I have these false, uh, barriers or false, like a false cookie cutter mold that, that I've put in place for myself sometimes of what my expectations are that you say yes to everything. Everyone asks of you, you, you do this just because people have always done it. And I think that when you, um, you know, that can be a form of idolatry it, and and it can actually rather than, you know, the, the good girl mentality, I think of I have to do this because it's expected of me. Um, 
you know, if, if you want to look at it in spiritual terms, it could be limiting you from operating in your full potential that God has designed you to operate in. And it doesn't mean that you need to be selfish about everything and say, oh, I'm not going to feed my kids breakfast today because I feel like <laughs> drawing or, you know, I mean, obviously you're not going to do that, but, um, but giving that, I love that idea of permission. I think that's so freeing and so needed, you know, especially for women. Um, that's in my opinion, um, today and especially May for Christian women, go ahead. Uh, maybe you need to give yourself permission to say no. Yes. Um, that's and, a huge um, part of it to make room I, for the things that God is calling mm -hmm. you to do. Right. I, I think, um, when I, um, when I knew that I wanted to write a book, I didn't know how to do it. I, I went to, uh, Google university <laughs> and Googled how to, um, you know, how to write a book proposal, how to, uh, find an agent, how to write a nonfiction book. And, um, but I had to give myself permission to do that because, mm -hmm. uh, I was a busy, I had, a, I was juggling a lot of things and in order to make that happen, I had to step off a couple of committees that I was on and step back from some things so that I could really dig into what I felt like, all right, I, this is going to require focus for me. This is going to be a season where I'm going to have to give myself permission to say no, not now to those committees and those ministries and, and, um, volunteer organizations that I was involved with so that I could have the time and, uh, and the focus to, uh, to work on that. So, yeah, you, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head. It is hard. Um, you don't want to disappoint people by saying no. Um, we don't want to, um, let people know that we can't handle all the things. Cause again, that's that kind of that racehorse mentality where we want to be, slick and shiny and put together on the outside and, and yeah. that, and on the inside, we're saying, but you know what, I really want to serve in this other way. And it is going to, it's not going to be slick and shiny. It might be kind of down and dirty and messy and shabby and slow, but that's going to be okay. Because when I really dig into that, that's the sweet spot of where our calling is and where that meaningful, um, energy comes from when you know that you are serving and, and giving and working in the way that you are really uniquely designed to do. Yeah. And I think that is a clue that we can look for. Not that the things that God calls us to, or the things that we have to do, aren't going to be hard sometimes aren't going to take energy, but I feel like maybe if you're looking for, well, what is my thing? What is my calling? What are my gifts? is to look inside and be like, okay, what, how does this thing that I'm doing make me feel? Is it draining? Is it life-giving? Um, I think of an example of a, a good friend who absolutely felt she, she did not like working with little children in church. Like she was like, I'm, I, I feel like I'm a bad person for not wanting to work in the nursery um, she was a single woman who was a teacher during the week and she loved her students, but she didn't like working with smaller children, but that was where the need was. And so she felt like she had to say yes to that. 
because it was where they needed her to serve. And, and in their minds, well, you know, you're a single woman, you have the time to do this theoretically. And I mean, what a terrible assumption. And <laughs> she was miserable. And, and finally she went through, she did some kind of, of Bible study where it kind of highlighted her strengths and her gifts and things. And she talked to the children's pastor and was just like, this is not life-giving. I don't think I'm helping these kids. I don't think they're feeling nurtured by me necessarily just by being a warm <laughs> body. And so what what else can I do, you know, in the church? And so she ended up being in women's ministry and she loved it. She she really loved it. And again, that's not to say that there's not a time to say, oh, you know what, they need someone to fill in here and I have the time. Let me just do this. But in terms of continually doing something that drains you, that causes you to become bitter or resentful, that might be a clue that maybe you're not putting your efforts in the place where God is calling you and maybe go to God with that and say, what, what could I do and prayerfully consider, or even just look in, in a ministry listing of, well, what, what makes me feel excited? Um, and, and what might be life-giving? This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. That's such a great example. I think we've all been there. Um, you know, children's ministry always needs extra hands and, oh, and diaper yeah. changers, you know, so we've all been in those spots where, um, you know, you, you decide to serve. And I think that God blesses that in, um, but in a long-term way, like where, where, um, where does my round peg find the round hole? You know, <laughs> you, um, that that's where you really want to be. And sometimes uh, you, when you say, you know what, I've, it's time for me to step out of this role that I'm really not designed to do. And, um, you know, the response might be, well, we don't have anybody else. We can't do it. But if you can stay strong and say, well, you know, the Lord's going to provide somebody to step in, perhaps there's someone else that needs to give themselves permission to step into that place that you've been occupying and they've been looking from the sidelines going, well, you know, they, I'm not really needed because someone's already there. So um, giving yourself permission to step out of that and into um, something new, um, something that you're designed to do, well, that that may that may be opening up a place for somebody else to step in that may be the just the nudge that someone else is needing to fill that spot. Yeah, that's a really good point too. <laughs> like for the person that it's not enough to do it for you, because <laughs> I know there are those yes. out there that it's not enough to do it for them, but do it for somebody else. Don't rob someone else of their <laughs> blessing. Right. That's so yeah. true. <laughs> well, so what do you think specifically in terms of someone that, you know, I know one of the goals of your book is just to help people discover their unique qualities and, you know, letting, not letting the world around them dictate what they should be doing. So what role would you say prayer plays in discovering and defining what success should look like for us? Wow. That's a great question. I, I really think that 
that time spent um, in prayer or or maybe in quiet meditation or um, with my favorite thing is maybe with a journal with some prompts um, in, you know, in the presence of the, of the Lord, you can um, spend time in reflection and um, it, it, that takes some getting quiet uh, the Which world is, hard. is re- <laughs> it is hard. The world is noisy. My phone is, you know, at, on my hip 24 yeah. seven, it feels like, and, um, we've got to silence our notifications and get off of some social apps. And, um, and that's really hard. I I'm guilty as the next person, uh, in that way. So we, have, we do have to make a deliberate choice to get quiet and to spend time in reflection. I believe that God uh, can bring things to mind out of our own past and our own stories. Um, Sometimes the families and the histories that we come out of um, aren't all rosy and joyful, and there may be some real difficult things to confront or, or even reflect upon. But I, I believe that those even those things, or maybe even especially those things can be clues to where, um, where God wants to put us in the, into the future. So oftentimes our pain points are, um, things that we want to help other people so that they don't have to experience the kinds of pain or the difficult, um, trails that we've had to travel. And, um, and that can become a a passion that can become a motivating factor a a person's why, but you don't know that unless you spend some time in reflection and meditation and, um, and, you know, with the word of God and, and in prayer to, um, begin to just put those pieces like a puzzle together. And then going back to just giving yourself permission to, to, try some different things. Um, you know, perhaps you, you go, okay, I tried children's ministry. That's not for me. How about, how about women's ministry? Or maybe I can be involved with, um, you know, helping young people in their youth program, they're going to put on a play or something. We're going to, we're going to do that. You give yourself permission to just try some things. You're not committing for the rest of your life (laughs) to do these, but it takes, um, I think action, it doesn't always just come to you like in a, in a vision with a great light in your quiet time. Oh, this is the thing I'm supposed to do next. It's actually in trying things and walking it out and, um, and committing to serve for a period of time that you go, is this a good fit for me? Is this something that sparks my energy? Is this something that sparks a passion uh, or a calling within me? Um, the, embracing your inner donkey means that you are, you're willing to just put in that work and, um, and go deep time after time to bring up that gold that is already within you and to see the gold that is within other people. Oh, that's really good. I love how you talk about, um, well, you brought up a really good point because I think sometimes when we think of prayer, we think of, okay, folding your hands, closing your eyes, saying something to God or asking something of God and then getting an answer. And sometimes prayer can just be inviting God into your own personal reflection and introspection. And that's, that's prayer too. Journaling is such a good way because the Mm -hmm. slowing down of just pen to paper, 
you know, it, it orders your thoughts at like, I, I, I feel like it untangles my thoughts when I've just got like just a ton of thoughts, just tangled up in a ball up in my brain. I feel like journaling can untangle those thoughts and kind of get them laid out in a way that just feels manageable. And then you can kind of start to uncover, you know, through the, the Holy spirit in you can, you can start to untangle those thoughts and be like, okay, and maybe an idea will come to you. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, maybe an idea doesn't just pop into your head and in inviting God into that process of walking through, okay, I'm going to sign up to do the nursery today. And maybe next week I'll sit in on the high school class at, at church, or maybe I'll uh, volunteer to do the summer garden for the church, or even if it's not a church related thing, taking an art class or doing music, um, you know, just an opening up these ideas of possibilities, but Mm -hmm you know, checking in with God and like, okay, just help me to know, help me to recognize. And I think that that's huge. So I think so too. I think, um, being open to, um, even the interruptions that come into our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. I go back so many times to that moment on the driveway in which this, you know, 500 pound interruption (laughs) literally seemed to materialize out of nowhere. And, um, and, and yet those, those interruptions that, um, that come into our lives unexpectedly, um, you know, they're not all cute and fun. Sometimes it's, um, a, a phone call that you weren't expecting or, um, a diagnosis or a, a change, um, ha- having to move or a new baby or children leaving, uh, for college. These are these, these things that kind of interrupt our well-ordered life and, I think that those moments, if you find yourself in a moment of like, what is that? What is this all about? That that's the time to just really open your eyes and, um, and just be curious about what is, what can I learn from this? Who are the people that are in my life now as a result of this interruption? What ideas have been sparked by this? Um, interruption. I have uh, friends that have gone through chemotherapy who have sat in waiting rooms um, hour after hour, you know, weeks, months at a time who have met people in waiting rooms who have become dear, dear friends. And it has sparked even just changes in, in the trajectory of their lives um, by a, an interruption that of course, no, nobody would welcome but yet she was open to what, what is it around this interruption that I can be open to and give myself permission to explore? That is such a good piece of advice. Just that curiosity, you know, and, uh, not that it's not hard in the moment, but it sounds like the person you're talking about had probably cultivated that curiosity before to the Mm -hmm. point where she was able to embrace this, you know, during a really hard time, it just probably came more naturally to her to question, well, what's God doing? What, what is something in this for me? And, and maybe for me to, to even give even, um, even during that hard time. Um, that's really good. Mm. Well, what, um, I would love to hear just a story or two of just some lessons that you've learned (laughs) from your donkeys that have surprised you or (laughs) made you laugh. Oh my goodness. Um, let's see. Well, my, 
uh, I don't know if you have very many donkeys in Alaska. That may not be something that you encounter very often up there. Yeah. I'm trying to think if we even <laughs> like at the zoo, I don't even, I, I'm guessing we probably have, have a donkey or two. I don't know, but not in nature for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, you know, here in Texas, uh, we, actually see them quite commonly they're they're around and in the west the especially the desert southwest there's even wild donkeys that um maybe are from the railroad times or from the gold and silver mining days and um so they're they're kind of a they're kind of a reminder of days gone by you know mm -hmm. um they're an a kind of an old fashioned it's like the typewriter of <laughs> or the you know the the morse code of days gone by just like they have they outlived their purpose mm. um maybe um but for me i have um what has been so fun for me is that just having these donkeys now i have 3 so for if you have one then you eventually have to have two and then uh, there's a the rescue donkey that recently came into my pasture so we now have three, but, um, one of the things that I just find so fun and fascinating is, is my eyes have been opened to the way that, um, the stories of the Bible have unfolded and the great story of grace mm -hmm. through has, has taken place at the pace of a donkey from the very opening pages to, um, to Jesus, Jesus going, uh, you know, his triumphant, um, uh, entry into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. Um, it hasn't been something that's fast. It's not, it hasn't, you know, just torn up the pages of history. It's, it's actually been a slow unfolding. So many of the stories, um, donkeys are in them. If you start looking, um, and, uh, I love when they pop up, but even if they're not even mentioned, um, you know, that they're part of the outdoor, the life that the, that the Hebrew people lived and even in Jesus day and, and, um, they're part of the stories. And for me, that's kind of put skin on the people and the stories. I can just close my eyes and smell and feel what it might have been like when those, um, when those things were taking place. Mm -hmm. So for me that, um, we've had a lot of, you know, real life adventures with, with these donkeys. Um, my donkey flash has fallen in love with a horse next door <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, gotten out and I've had sheriffs showing up with their lights blazing, you know, looking for my donkey and all <laughs> kinds of things like that. But, um, things I just wouldn't never have imagined. But I, again, it's just a reminder that um, there is joy to be had in our life's interruptions. And there are, there's spiritual growth and, and there's insight when we open our eyes, even to the simple things that, uh, that are in our lives. And when we embrace that, when we embrace those stories, when we are open to joy, when we're open to, um, our, those, those interruptions, some really wonderful things can happen and, um, God can be present and he can, um, kind of show us a path forward in the middle of whatever is going on in our lives. That's really good. So in your book, you talk about this celebration of the donkeys. I had never heard of this. Can you talk about that? I didn't know that existed. Well, it's called the Feast of, 
Feast of the Asses, and it's a real thing. <laughs> For those of you that grew up on the King James Version like I did, you have no problem with that. But That's right. Um, yes. Uh, it's an actual feast that took place uh, in uh, France and in Europe that celebrated the roles that donkeys played in the Bible. So this is my this when I read this, I was like, now this is my kind of festival here. They would actually have um, a donkey that would um, ride through town, ridden by a young girl holding a little baby reenacting uh mary and uh, the baby jesus and they would ride through town and the the ride would uh end up at the church and there would be a sermon or a homily by the priest uh to talk about the all the donkeys in scripture from balaam's donkey to abraham's donkey to mary and joseph to jesus um abigail riding a midnight a midnight ride um, and they would, the priest would end with a hee-haw, 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 and the people would, would respond with three hee-haws of their own. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to be a part of that? Yes. And I just, I love the, just the, you know, a lot of spiritual ceremonies have such, you know, solemn, you know, seriousness. And I just, I love the levity and the joy. And, you know, it said that like at the end, when the people responded, they would just, just roar with laughter. Like it was you, fun. It was a fun celebration. And and I think that that has to please God. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. I mean, we can, we can just, um, we know that, um, that he chooses the simple things to, yes, um, to confound the wise. Things. And, and I do believe that, um, not just donkeys, but our, but our pets, I have a couple little cats and I've had a dog that these are, these little furry creatures are in our lives to provide comfort and enjoyment, sometimes a distraction from the stresses of our lives. Um, they're a great stress reliever. Mm -hmm. Um, why not see these little creatures as gifts from above that, um, that can fill our lives with such joy and, um, you know, when I first, when I first wrote a book about a donkey <laughs> several years ago, I felt kind of embarrassed. Like, are people going to think I'm weird because I've learned these lessons from these animals? And I'm telling you, you would not believe how many people have pulled me aside and said, okay, I just have to share the story about my dog and what I learned and how mm -hmm. God spoke to me through this interaction or, or how, how this, you know, the way this dog looks at me with such love, you know, is something that has met a, a personal need in their life. Why, why don't we laugh at such things or we think maybe it's kind of silly, but I think it's sweet and it's, and it's beautiful and how like a tender God who loves his children so deeply. And so, um, he cherishes us. Why wouldn't he bring joy through his creatures and the, especially the ones that we invite into our homes and into our lives? Mm -hmm. I know our listeners, um, definitely love animals. We did a joke for April fool's day and we posted <laughs> a, um, we posted a thing on Instagram. It said praying Christian pets, uh, something to the effect of maybe they, maybe you don't know what they're saying, but God does, or I don't know. It was the idea was I that, you know, that the, that we were going to start a community of praying Christian pets 
on social media. And when I was like, yeah, just April fools, you know, here's our real episode for the week. And I heard from a lot of people that were like, I really actually would love to have something like that or, you know, yes. uh, just, or sharing just about how much they loved their pets and how much they yep. just really believed that their pets had personalities. And it was just really it the the outpouring of response from people who love their pets very much. It just was yes. fun, fun to hear that. And I can relate. Alana and I are both dog lovers and mm -hmm. lizard lovers. We we have lizards and dogs and cats. She has cats. Uh, so love, love it. It is just yeah. amazing. The joy that they can bring for sure. Well, yeah. just we're getting to the end of the, of our time here, Rachel, but what if like, if a, if a reader only took one take home concept from this book, what would you like it to be? Oh, I, I hope that, um, a reader will take away from the book that, um, life is not about competition, that it is about service, that it is not about show. Um, but it's about, um, having an impact that, um, that you have what you need to take the next step, whatever that step is. Sometimes we think we've got to have everything. We've got to have all the tools that we need to get to the big goal. And really what God um, has in front of us is just one step. And, and I can almost guarantee that everybody knows what that next step should be, that what that next step is. And they may be afraid. They may be waiting for somebody else to tell them that they have the permission, or they may think, well, I don't have what I need, but I'm telling you, you do, you have what you need to take the next step. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's Googling something. Maybe it's, um, you know, having to reach deep into your, and pull up some courage to, to go ahead and take it. But, um, embracing your inner donkey, that part of you that is willing to, um, to work hard and, um, the part that is resilient and resourceful and full of grit and charm and stick to itiveness. Um, that's you. That's, that is the part of, of you that if we allow that to just really blossom and, um, and say, this is, yes, this is me. I don't have to be a shiny racehorse to do the thing. I can be a shabby old little donkey and, um, and really do what God's called me to do. That's the sweet spot. And, um, and I just really encourage people that are listening or, or reading the book to, um, not be afraid to just step out into your unique gifts and strengths, and then uh, give it to God and just see what, uh, see what he does with it. I believe some wonderful things are going to happen. Amen to that. That is great. Well, can you share where our listeners can find you online and on social media and find your books and your art and your all of your resources? Easiest place to find me is at my website. It's uh, rachelannridge.com. It's Anne with an E, um, Rachel Ann Ridge. And um, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook with Rachel Ann Ridge as well. So whichever um, social media platform is their favorite, they can, they can find me there. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for being here. This is such a fun conversation and you, your book is so fun and has some really great illustrations too. It's just a, it's just a great book. So 
Did you draw them yourself? I did. Yes. I, figured, I had so much fun. I had so much fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was great. Well, thank you for being here. And we are going to close in prayer. How can we pray for you today? Well, I would love for this book to go far and wide. I would love to just have a blessing on it. Um, I would love for people who may not pick up a a, a faith-related book to find it and um, have their curiosity peaked and come to maybe a, a deeper spiritual understanding along the way. So I, I would love prayer for that. Wonderful. All right. Well, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time together with Rachel. Thank you for using unlikely creatures to inspire her to write and speak about these really important truths, um, just about self-discovery and embracing uniqueness. And Lord, we know there are so many people that need to hear this message. And we just pray, God, that you would open the doors wide, just fling the doors open, remove any barriers from this book, getting out to as many people as possible. And we just ask that your blessing would be on it, that you would just even be preparing people now to receive the book and, and speak to them through it. Lord, people that might not ordinarily pick up a Bible study that they'd pick this up because it has great illustrations and it looks fun and they enjoy reading it and and help them meet you in those pages. Father, help them to um, understand how loved they are and that you're a creator and that you created each of us so uniquely and so beautifully and just help them to come to terms with embracing who they are, whether it's things that they originally didn't like about themselves that they've been fighting against, that they can see in a new light when they realize that they've been created specifically and lovingly and carefully and intricately by you. Um, Lord, we just pray your blessing over Rachel and her home and her family and her animals and just pray, God, that you would just bless them with abundance and um, just allow them to continue, allow Rachel to just continue to see what next steps you have for her, whether it's books or ministry or work or art or whatever it is that you have for her or all of the above. Um, Just continue to be showing her those next steps. and, And we just thank you so much for, for that message that you placed on her heart and for her obedience in sharing it with the world in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the praying Christian women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.